0: Well hello my friends and welcome to Hope For Your Heart. This is Pastor Calvin Corbett and so excited to let you know that God is still on the throne. He is still in control, even though things may look like it's going sideways and things are going haywire, our God still rules and He still reigns. Now, one of the ways that I know that is because of the belief number 17. We're going through 30 beliefs, and uh, belief number 17 is the belief that God gives spiritual gifts to His people. And so what I'm going to do in the broadcast will be a two-part broadcast, and I'm going to spend today... Talking about the 18 spiritual gifts found in Ephesians 4, 1 Corinthians 12, Romans chapter 12. Kind of give you a a highlight of these 18 spiritual gifts. And then we're going to look at more specifically seven gifts that I call that are wrapped in genuine love that produce seven acts of grace. And I'll be focusing more on Romans chapter 12, uh, all the way down to 21. So, uh, spiritual gifts, the, the wide angle view. Uh, Maybe you could say from the 30,000-foot angle, looking at gifts, 18 different spiritual gifts that are listed. And by the way, as, as you think about this list, you may disagree with some of them and some I've maybe connected together that you don't think should be connected. That's okay. I'm really trying to give you an overview of the fact that when you're born again, the moment of salvation, God gave you a gift. And He wants you to use that gift to glorify God and to be a blessing to the Church of Christ And then you will receive a blessing yourself. You know, there's nothing like living in obedience, right? Uh, That's where we find joy. Well, let's go through them one at a time, okay? Uh, Number one, I would call this, and the Bible calls this, the gift of administration. Uh, Maybe you have this gift. This is the wonderful ability to help steer the church or to help steer a ministry toward a successful completion of God-given goals. Now, this is a person that has skill in planning things, uh, skill in organization. This is a person that can get or done, right? They're good at overseeing things. They're good at supervision. And so the gift of administration, a very necessary gift For the church to function smoothly, okay. And uh, as a matter of fact, at Hickorys Community Church, we have one lady, and uh, that is her primary responsibility to oversee the administration of our church. And then we have three elders uh, that are also involved in the administration of our church. So that's the first one. The second gift, we'll call it the apostle. Now, this is a person that is sent out to new places with the gospel. Now, in the strictest form of the interpretation of the word apostle. There are only 12 apostles, right? And in order to be an apostle, uh, you had to be one who saw the risen Savior. Uh, So Paul met that criteria, and uh, Paul really took the place of Judas, I believe. Uh, They had Matthias in there that kind of won by a casting of the lots. But I think that the apostle Paul fit that criteria as an apostle in the strictest sense of the word, because he saw Jesus, he saw the risen Savior on the road to Damascus during his conversion experience in Acts chapter 9, and then he even considered himself the least of the apostles, okay? Now, as we look at the gifting of apostles, it's a little different, okay? Uh, This is a person that is sent out to new places with the gospel. Maybe we would think more in the lines of a missionary. You know, have you heard of missionaries going to different countries to help spread the word? Uh, They could be described as apostles, an apostle is also one who can provide leadership, you know, to the churches and to ministries and to offer advice on spiritual matters. And so that's the second gift that we find in Scripture. The third gift is the gift of discernment or the gift of wisdom. And this is the person or the persons that God raises up that can recognize truth from untruth. And they have this unique ability to correctly evaluate whether a be behavior or a teaching is from God or from another. And they can recognize an ungodly resource and they can recognize whether something is truly from God. Now, the gift of discernment is so necessary within the church because it protects the body of Christ from false doctrine. And so we need men and women who have the gift of discernment, who can see right from wrong, especially in matters of teaching, okay? Number four. Uh, the fourth gift is the gift that I would call the gift of evangelism. Now, this is the ability to successfully communicate the message of the gospel, especially to non-believers. Uh, so now, when we think about this gift of evangelism, we think of a guy by the name of Billy Graham. But he's not the only guy. He's passed on. But God has raised up, and I believe that every church has at least a few people that are gifted with evangelism. These are the people that if somebody is lost and needs to be saved, you send that person to them, and that person will end up leading that person to Christ. That is a wonderful gift, right? Communicating the gospel and effectively communicating the gospel, especially to the non-believers. Gift number five, the gift of exhortation. And this is one who has competence and is able to have encouragement and comfort and they support others, and this person helps others to be especially where God wants them to be. Uh, so the gift of exhortation is a is a wonderful gift, and we we think about exhortation as a person that can take something that is maybe a little bit gnarly that they have to deal with, and they go ahead and deal with it. I guess it's kind of like, you know, many years ago I had a friend, and he had the gift of exhortation, and he's one of these guys that could tell you, and you, you could sit down and talk to him, and he says, You know, you have got the ugliest baby on the planet and need to get done talking to him we say, well, thank you for telling me that, right? Uh, That's an example of somebody who has that competence in offering encouragement, even though they're dealing with something that is very difficult to confront. The exhorter challenges us to get up and, and to move on ahead. Number six. Number six will be the gift of faith. That would be the people that you know who have this unbelievable gift That is, they have great confidence in the power and in the promises of God. They are the ones that will stand strong in their belief. It doesn't matter how bad things appear to be. uh, Nothing seems to shake these people. They can stand up in front of the church for their faith in such a way they can defend their faith, and they they can stand up in even a hostile situation, and they can share their faith. They have an unbelievable level of faith. It's a gift that God gives them, great faith. Number seven, the seventh gift would be the gift of giving. That would be those who have this gift. They're particularly willing and able to share resources that they have, and, and they do it with great pleasure, right? Uh, they look for opportunities to give, and they don't really need to have affirmation. You know, they give without the need uh, to see things returned or or praise given to them. Uh, they give because they're gifted in giving. Now, if you're gifted in giving, you're also gifted in receiving. Those who are really good givers also know how to make wealth and how to, how to make time and how to put things together. And, and so they give back because they've received much. Number eight, some would call this the gift of healing. And this is the gift that is used by God to restore others, to help others spiritually, emotionally, mentally, physically. And, uh, and God raises up certain people who are gifted in this area. And as we look at this, we got to be careful with this because it seems like this is a gift that oftentimes is abused uh, where people are using it for their own sordid gain. But the gift of giving is this capacity just to be involved in restoring others. Number nine, the gift of helps, right? This gift is probably the most prominent gift uh, that we find in Scripture. Now, somebody with the gift of helps is, able to support or assist members of the body of Christ uh, so that they may be uh, able to help others free up. For example, when I think about the deacons in Acts chapter 7, Acts chapter 7, God says, uh, we need to raise up these deacons, right? And they are servants in the church, and their job was to wait on tables so that the apostles could be freed up so they could spend time in the Word, ministering to the congregation in the Word, and so they didn't get hung up into the, the minutiae details, the day-to-day caring of the church. Those who had the gift of helps would step in, and they would be involved in, in supporting the church. Uh, number 10 would be the gift of hospitality. And this is a, the person that is gifted with that ability to make people, even strangers, feel welcome in one's own home or or church as a means to serve them, right? The gift of hospitality. Now, everybody knows this person, and uh, I was at a a church just recently, and uh, I was greeted by several people uh, who were gifted in hospitality. Uh, They made me feel right at home. Uh, They recognized that I was a guest at this church, and uh, they said, hey, can we get you a cup of coffee? And, And this particular church was having communion that Sunday. And they said, have you got the elements that you need for the communion service? Can we help you with anything? Uh, And they just made me feel right at home. That natural ability to make even a stranger feel welcome. And then gift number 11. Uh, This is the gift of knowledge. This is the gift somebody has who is actively pursuing God's Word. This is the person who is able to enjoy some analytical skills and they can get into God's Word. And I guess this is the person that has the ability to understand God's Word, and they can take some of the difficult concepts within God's Word and they can make it very simple. As Jay Vernon McGee used to say, we'll put the cookies down on the lower shelf. The person with knowledge has this ability to take God's Word and pursue God's Word, and they know God through His Word. And then number 12, the spiritual gift of leadership. Now, this is the aptitude of a person uh, that gives them the ability to stand up before a church and, and direct the body of Christ with care and with attention, and they're able to motivate others to achieving uh, the goals for the church. Your pastor probably has some giftedness within leadership. Now, not that he has to be the strongest leader necessarily, but he's got to have a certain aptitude of moving people and directing people to fulfill and achieve the goals of the church. And then we have the next gift. After the gift of leadership, number 13 would be the gift of mercy. This is a wonderful gift, right? I would guess that this is perhaps the second most popular gift within the church. Helps being number one. Uh, Number two, probably this one, mercy. Uh, This is the one that has the defining trait of a person with great sensitivity to those who are hurting. You think about when you're hurting. Who do you call? Who do you want to be with you? Uh, you want somebody who will be merciful, right? Uh, you don't want that person who, who's going to say to you, Well, I told you you're going to end up here uh, in this situation because of the way you're living. No, you want somebody to be there and offer compassion, offer encouragement, and give you that love that you need. And the person with mercy is the one who is, is giving practical help to somebody in need. Number 14 the gift of prophecy. Now, in the Old Testament, right, we had prophets. Uh, So, this gift is not talking about Old Testament prophets or Old Testament prophecy. This is talking about the person who has the ability to speak the message of God to others. Now, this sometimes involves foresight, and uh, this sometimes has the opportunity of seeing what is going to happen in the future. Uh, This is a skill that God gives to certain individuals so that they can encourage others and sometimes warn others. In other words, this is a person that can say, listen, I know what you're doing right now is technically not wrong, but it is setting you up to do something that will lead to disaster in the future. The prophet is one who can say, if you go in this way, uh, it's going to have negative consequences. But the prophet also will notice in a person's life that they are beginning to head in the right direction taking little steps in the right direction so the prophet can encourage that person to keep taking those positive steps and keep going in that direction. And I can give just a brief example of this that has happened just recently. I was dealing with a, a person uh, in a leadership position, and I says, now, listen, where you're heading right now, you're heading for disaster. But if you will do these other things, you can be actually heading for victory. And this person very well received this. They didn't reject it. They listened. They heard me out, and they said, okay, I'm going to do it. And I see them now taking steps. These will be steps that will lead to healing and steps that will lead to a broader and a more influential opportunity to minister to more people. Every one of us needs some prophets in our lives that will give us warnings and give us encouragement. Number 15, the gift of serving. I know some people will combine the gift of serving with the gift of helps. I kind of keep them separately because the gift of serving is a talent for a particular task. Where the gift of helps is, I'm going to jump in and help wherever I'm needed. Where the gift of serving is, is more precisely a person who recognizes they have a gift to serve the body of Christ in a particular area. And so they go ahead and serve in that area. They know how to get the resources together. They know how to get the job together. They just love serving, and they have gifted this within that area of service. Uh, For example, some people are very good at serving as as welcoming guests, right, or serving on our greeting team, right? Others are very good at serving on projects like keeping the lawn cut. They're two different skill sets, but they're both involved in serving. Number sixteen. The gift of speaking in tongues. Now, I know this one's a controversial one, and uh, and some will misunderstand this gift. But really, the speaking of tongues, as I see it in Scripture, is the supernatural ability to speak in another language, one that has not yet been learned—a language that you haven't learned, rather. Uh, so, we're not saying that I know how to speak Spanish. so uh, I've learned Spanish, so I can speak in tongues. So no, this would be a person who has not been trained in speaking in Spanish, but yet is able to speak in another language. I have a pastor friend uh, right in this area, and he said one Sunday he got up to give the sermon, and he said for some reason he would speak one sentence in English, and then he'd speak another sentence, the same sentence in Spanish, and he'd go back and forth the whole service as he's giving the message. He said, man, that has never happened to me before as I was preaching. Well, unbeknownst to him, in his congregation that Sunday was a Spanish-speaking couple. And at the end of the service, this couple came to the pastor and says, man, this is so neat to be part of a church where we have a bilingual pastor. (laughs) This pastor says, I know very little Spanish. And what happened today was a gift of God. Uh, That couple ended up getting saved and uh, getting connected with a a Spanish-speaking church uh, here in the Hampton Roads area. What happened? That particular gift of speaking in tongues was supernaturally given to that pastor I think sometimes this happens with our missionaries. I have a missionary friend uh, that is serving in Romania, and uh, Romania is a very difficult language, and they have so many different dialects. And so they said, would you pray that God gives us the ability to communicate, to speak to these people that we love in Romania? They have been missionaries in Romania now for over 20 years, and they've learned to communicate the language. Number 17, the gift of teaching. Uh, This is the skill to teach from the Bible and to communicate it effectively for the understanding and the spiritual growth of others. Now, oftentimes we look at this pastor-teacher role uh, as the pastor must have this giftedness in teaching. And as you look throughout the Bible, there are different roles that are given in in the Bible. You basically have pastors and elders, and you have deacons, and then you have uh, church members that serve in different capacities. But the difference between the deacons and the pastors and the elders, is that the pastors and the elders must be able to be gifted in teaching, to be able to communicate effectively the Word of God, giving understanding, giving spiritual growth to others. And then the last gift, the gift of wisdom. This is the gift of being able to sort through the facts and the data to discover what needs to be done For the church. Now, this is a leadership gift. It is the gift of being able to take a bunch of data together and it's not just knowing facts and figures. It's not just having data all together. It is discovering where we move on, how we move on based upon the information that we have. This is a gift that is given to us from God. We tap into God's wisdom. Now, James talks about how to get wisdom. That's a a certain level of wisdom, but then there's people that are actually gifted in wisdom. This is a gift that is given to us by God himself. So we all enjoy gifts, both giving and receiving gifts. We've just went through 18 of the spiritual gifts. You know, recently, one of our church members had his hearing tested, and he discovered something that his wife already knew. His hearing was failing. Now imagine this man whose hearing is failing, but who is in denial about it. And so he would complain that the other people that are talking to him, they're always mumbling. But finally, his wife gets him to have his hearing test. The clear verdict is that he needs hearing aids. But when he sees what they cost, he's taken back and he says, we can't afford that. But his wife counters and says, Buy the very best ones you can get and consider it a gift to me. Now, that sounds nice, but the man realizes that to accept this gift is to admit a weakness. I guess it would be like saying, Thanks so much for this gift. Indeed, I am an aging man who can't hear what people are saying. I so appreciate the gift of hearing. Now, as I think about gifts, and I want to look at seven gifts that are wrapped in genuine love, that produce seven acts of grace. So we looked at 18 gifts as a whole. Now we're going to hone it down to look at seven specific gifts that are mentioned in Romans chapter 12, verses 4 through 8. And as we look at these seven gifts, I want to read the text, and then we're going to finish this up in the broadcast tomorrow. But I want to whet your appetite for what we're going to talk about tomorrow. Seven gifts that are given to the church, that are wrapped in genuine love, that produced acts of grace. So, as we look at these particular gifts that Paul mentions in Romans chapter 12, we discover that these are gifts that are given to us by God. But they must be motivated by genuine love. Now, if we're walking in the Spirit, we're told to walk in the Spirit and you'll not fulfill the lust of the flesh. When we are walking in the Spirit, the gifts that we have are wrapped in genuine love. And when that happens, it also produces something. It produces seven acts of grace. Uh, So we're going to look at them one at a time. Number one, we're going to look at the gifts that were given to the church. Romans chapter 12, beginning at verse number four. Paul says, For I say that although the grace given to me, to everyone who is among you, is a challenge. Do not think of yourself more highly than you ought to think, but to think soberly. As God has dealt to each one, there it is, a measure of faith. For as in one body, as one system, we have many members, and the members do not all have the same function. Now, this is verse number 5, Romans 12. So we, though we are many, are one body in Christ and individually members one of another, having gifts that differ according to the grace given to us let us use them. So we have one body. We don't all have the same function. We are one body in Christ, individual members, one of another. We have different gifts according to the grace given to us by Christ. We're individuals that are coming together corporately who have different gifts. So now Paul says, having different gifts according to the grace given to us, let us use them. And so he gets real specific, and here are the seven gifts. Prophecy. If prophecy, number one, Use it in proportion to our faith. If service, number two, in serving. In teaching, the one who teaches, in teaching. Number four, if your gift is exhortation, then you are to exhort. If your gift is contributions or giving, you're to give generously. The one who leads, that's another gift. That's the sixth gift Paul mentions that we're to lead with zeal, right? enthusiasm. Not, oh, I got to do it. No, I am excited and I am honored that I get to do it. And then he talks about the seventh gift, the one who does acts of mercy with cheerfulness. So we're going to look at these gifts one at a time, and we're going to discover that these gifts that are given to the church are producing something. Prophecy. Uh, That's faithfully being a prophet. The apostle Paul here speaks of the apostles and the gifts that God gives them, and he puts it this way as he's writing to the Ephesian believers. He says that the church has been built on the foundation of the apostles and of the prophets and Christ himself being the cornerstone, and he gave some to be apostles and some to be prophets and some to be evangelists and some as pastors and teachers. So therefore, the the evidence leads us here to believe that this gift of prophecy was a very important gift in the church. A prophet is distinct from a teacher. In a general sense, a preacher who proclaims the word of God acts as a prophet. And so we look at the gift of prophecy and then we look at the gift of serving. Now that is one who is passionate, right? Who is basically motivated, basically driven to demonstrate God's love by meeting practical needs. Uh, so a servant is diligent and willing to sacrifice his time and his energy in order to complete a task. I think this is the most common gift and the most needed gift within the church. Well, join me tomorrow as we complete this study on seven gifts wrapped in genuine love, producing seven acts of grace. Now listen, if I can pray for you, if there's something that I can help you with, would you shoot me a text? 252-267-2365. Thank you so much for listening to us. If there's something that you've missed on the broadcast and you'd like to tune in to a a previous broadcast, go to hrcc7.org and click on a tab that says Listen Online. You can pick up all of the broadcasts there and you can listen to it as a podcast. Well, God bless you. Thank you for listening today. I look forward to giving you part two of this message tomorrow.